You can listen to episodes of Conversations with Joe earlier than everybody else and completely ad-free on Nebula. When you sign up for Nebula, our creator-owned streaming service, you not only get access to ad-free content from my channel, you also get bonus episodes in my videos and exclusive series not available anywhere else. Sign up for Nebula by clicking the link in the description or go to nebula.tv slash conversations with Joe to support the podcast and get more eye-opening content. Hey, so I'm not in the habit of doing movie reviews on this channel or anything, but have you guys seen this new movie on Netflix called Stowaway? Um, it's, it's a pretty neat little sci-fi film. It's got Andrew Kendrick in it and Daniel Day Kim. It's basically about a crew on their way to Mars. They run into complications. Um, it's basically about how everything in space wants to kill you. Space is just Australia without air. So I watched it the other day. Um, I recommend it, especially if you're into this channel. There's a lot of stuff in there I think you would like. But um, even cooler, there's a YouTube connection. First of all, Scott Manley was a consultant on this movie, although they clearly didn't take his advice to fly safe. And the director and writer is a guy named Joe Penna, who is an old school YouTuber. He has a channel called Mystery Guitar Man. Uh, it's pretty big. So, I mean, yeah, YouTubers making movies. It can happen. It can happen. It could 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 happen. But the ship in this movie and the nature of the mission is what they call a cycler. And it's kind of just referenced in the movie. They don't really go into it that much. Uh, but it's a really interesting concept that's been around for a while, but I really haven't seen that much about it out there. So today let's talk about the Mars Cycler concept, which was created not by some egghead desk jockey at JPL, but by an American hero who actually walked on the moon. When NASA went to the moon, there was a heated argument over exactly how to do this. Some preferred a one-shot method with a ship that went and landed and then flew back, others with a lunar rendezvous method that actually had two ships, one that landed on the moon and the other that circled around it and they would dock and meet up with each other. The lunar rendezvous method was considered kind of crazy at first. I mean, it was way too complicated. There were a lot of dockings and rendezvous and stuff like that, but it did eventually win out, due in no small part, by the way, to the lunar module pilot of Apollo 11, Buzz Aldrin. Should take a second, by the way, to pay tribute to Michael Collins, who was in the command module on Apollo 11. He just passed away last week. Rest in peace. So as we look at going to Mars, we kind of look back at how we landed on the moon and see what kind of things that we can take from that, what we can do differently, what we can do the same. But the difference mainly about Mars is that it is not going to be just a one-shot deal. It just straight up can't be. We are going to have to go there to stay. And with SpaceX setting their sights on Mars in the coming decade, more people are talking about Mars than ever before. Which brings us back to the idea of the Mars Cycler, which is also known as the Aldrin Cycler. Because much like the Lunar Rendezvous method, it was developed by the one and only Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, this video is basically going to be a big love letter to Buzz Aldrin. You probably know Buzz Aldrin as the second person to set foot on the moon. He's always kind of listed behind Neil Armstrong in the pantheon of famous astronauts, but he had a storied and respected career long before Apollo 11. Born Edwin Eugene Aldrin Jr., he graduated from West Point with a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering. Buzz flew jets for the Air Force during the Korean conflict before returning to school, where he earned his doctorate of science in astronautics at MIT. To earn a doctorate, students have to write a thesis. Buzz Aldrin's was Line of Sight Guidance Techniques for Manned Orbital Rendezvous. And from this, fellow astronauts gave him the nickname Dr. Rendezvous. Because Buzz wasn't a cool enough nickname, I guess. In October of 1963, Buzz was selected as one of 14 former pilots who made up Astronaut Group 3. The first group was the Mercury 7, and the second group included Neil Armstrong and Jim Lovell. 
As part of Groot 3, Buzz flew the Gemini 12 mission with Lovell, and his 140-minute spacewalk was the first to prove an astronaut could do strenuous work while tethered in freefall. Critical to Buzz's success was his underwater training, which he pioneered for NASA. All this is to say that Buzz Aldrin is not just some guy who walked on the moon. He is a highly respected expert in orbital mechanics, and when Dr. Rendezvous has an idea about spaceflight, you listen. In 1985, Buzz presented the idea of a cycled orbit to Mars to NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And this was sort of an expansion of an idea that he had about a cycling orbit between the Earth and the Moon, which he worked on with a fellow MIT alum, uh, Walter Hollister, in the 1960s. So after Buzz made his presentation, the engineers at JPL looked over all the numbers and certified that, yeah, this, this was a feasible concept. So they named it the Aldrin Cycler, and many people have developed the concept further in the decades since including the School of Aeronautics and Astronautics at Purdue University and the Florida Institute of Technology. Basically, the Aldrin Cycler would act as sort of an interplanetary conveyor belt. Like, imagine the ISS on a constant loop between Earth and Mars. It would basically consist of a large spacecraft called a castle that would pick up supplies and, and people from Earth before transporting them to Mars, and it would do this by the use of a smaller spacecraft called a taxi. Now, one big advantage of the Cycler concept is fuel economy, because you don't actually need to to fire the rockets to propel the spacecraft forward, it would do it mostly using gravity assists. You may remember the gravity assist technique from the Voyager spacecraft missions. The launch vehicles that propelled the Voyagers provided them enough momentum to reach Jupiter. An Aldrin cycler would work pretty much the same way, alternating between Earth and Mars, gaining mass through cargo and people at one end, and dropping off mass at the other, and using the momentum of the gravity assist to stay in a continuous loop, all without using any fuel. Or almost no fuel. Uh, as Buzz mentioned in a popular mechanics interview, uh, one of the problems with this idea is that the castle is going to be moving so fast, it's going to be kind of difficult for the taxi spacecraft to catch up with it, so it may actually need to slow down a little bit to allow for that. So in the vacuum of space, slowing down uses as much fuel as speeding up does. So the idea is that um, they would actually skim off the top of the atmosphere, you call, they call it an aerobrake, and use a little bit of the atmosphere to slow down the castle and have to go into a wide orbit around the Earth, and that would allow the taxi to catch up with it. This is a concept that he calls a semicycler. And to build the infrastructure for this whole idea, he suggests building a base on the Mars moon Phobos. Their ice that's been harvested on Mars can be used in fuel production, and the castle and taxi can be serviced by a fleet of automated freighters. And in a move that's I'm sure going to make space geeks really happy, he proposed that these freighters use ion drives. Because they would be timed to take years between the different rendezvous, they'd be able to accelerate really slowly, which is perfectly fine for an ion drive, and it's very fuel efficient. Uh, chemical rockets could be reserved just for the taxis. So how long would it take the Aldrin Cycler to get from one planet to another? Well, it's not the fastest route because you're just, you know, gliding through space using nothing but gravity, so we're looking at around five months. And to make things a bit more comfortable, Aldrin suggests using some kind of rotational technique to create gravity. And this, of course, isn't just about comfort. Long periods in low gravity produce bone loss and muscle loss. They create kidney stones. They can cause vision problems. This would be something that would help prevent all of that and also make it more easy to adjust to Mars gravity when they get there. And yeah, this, this type of rotation was used in that movie Stowaway that I was talking about earlier. It was kind of a major part of the plot. But if fuel economy is not enough to get you excited about an Aldrin Cycler idea, there was one more reason that Buzz presented, and that's to make it politician-proof. You know, space travel is expensive, and space programs are often put on the cutting block whenever there's a new Congress or a new president. This happens all the time. 
several NASA programs were started under one U.S. president and then later canceled by the next one. The Constellation program is a perfect example of this. It was started under the George W. Bush administration. It was canceled by the Obama administration. And the NASA administrator, Charles Bolden, called it like a death in the family when that happened. Even our first trip to the moon was politically fraught. One of the biggest challenges that James E. Webb, the NASA administrator in the early 60s, had was just securing the money for the Apollo program. And this is also why um, so many NASA programs are spread out over as many states as possible to get all the Congress people in those states to vote for these programs to bring jobs and money into their states. Yeah, it was really only after the Soviets put a man in space that the politicians in Washington really got behind the space program here in the United States. The list of canceled scientific projects by political reasons are just, it's, it's a mile long. But Buzz thinks this is one of the reasons why the cycler concept is a lot more viable because, you know, with each Apollo mission, it was millions and billions of dollars every single time they wanted to go to the moon. But with a cycler concept, it's a one-time build, you put it up there, and then it's just sort of cheaply maintained from that point forward. Less expensive, less likely to be canceled. Now, there are disadvantages, obviously. One is that um, a crew member signing on for a cycler mission would be about a five-year mission. That would include five months to Mars, probably 44 months of fuel and plant maintenance, and then eight months to get back to Earth. The details vary depending on the number of castles and speed and whatnot, but five months to Mars is pretty much minimal. Now, a one-shot trip might be a bit faster. In fact, Elon has said that a starship could probably get there in about 80 days. Now, mind you, that's only possible for one month out of every 26 months because of orbital mechanics and the way the, the orbits of the Earth and Mars line up. And then there's a disadvantage that there's only so many opportunities for a taxi to rendezvous with a castle. What if you miss? One solution to that would be to just simply have more castles, have multiple uh, Aldrin cyclers going back and forth between Earth and Mars. Maybe one arrives at Earth every few months. Now, of course, there's a balance there because the more cyclers, the more vessels you would need to support them, the more maintenance, the more cost. At what point would you actually equal out the fuel savings by having more cyclers? There's a whole debate there. The plan that was worked out by Buzz and the students at Purdue University required two cyclers. Uh, more would be better, but again, cost. And finally, a cycler concept is more than just one ship cycling back and forth between Earth and Mars. It is an entire system that requires an entire infrastructure that needs to be built out. Buzz suggests that we probably wouldn't be able to get this to really take place until about 2039. Of course, by that time, SpaceX plans to have over a million people living on Mars. And by the way, yeah, some people have come up with some designs for Starship cyclers. And by the way, some have made the argument that cyclers actually aren't much more fuel efficient than regular just flying straight from Earth to Mars because most of the fuel is expended just getting out of Earth's gravity well, and the taxis that are connecting with the castles would have to expend about that much energy to get caught up to them. For that reason, some have argued that the cycler concept is really only good for moving things around that are already in space. But a starship becomes a viable vehicle, getting stuff up into orbit so that it can dock with a castle would be cheaper than ever before, and maybe, like I said before, maybe even the, the, the castle itself could be made up of starships, kind of docked together, strapped together, and made into one, you know, large traveling vehicle. And who's to say that you can't do both? Who's to say that some ships couldn't fly directly to Mars? And, and land there a lot faster with the humans on board while the cycling concept is going around with, with the different levels of payload to, again, sort of serve as a conveyor belt for supplies and cargo. So you have the direct concept, direct to Earth to Mars, you got the cycler concept, and then you also have the, the moon to Mars concept. 
You know, NASA's working on the Artemis program to set up a, a base on the moon, but that also involves the lunar uh, gateway that orbits around the moon, which is supposed to be a good place to sort of train for Mars missions. And then you got Jeff Bezos and Blue Origin that want to put a billion people up into space in giant O'Neill cylinders and on moon bases and, and put heavy industry up in space as well. Solar system could start to get pretty crowded after a while. Perhaps in a hundred years or so, our solar system could be awash in moon bases and Mars bases being serviced by cyclers on a repeat loop that maybe stop off at O'Neill cylinders where billions of people live and zero gravity warehouses and manufacturing hubs. Just throw in some mining colonies on Ceres and we're basically living in the expanse. No, no, there's something beautifully circular to me about all of this future advancement being made possible by one of the very first pioneers to step foot on another world. You might even say it's cyclic. So Buzz Aldrin, good show, old chap. Living on a Mars cycler would definitely test our technological ability to live in space long-term. Uh, in last week's video, I talked about the waste management issues around that. And one of those solutions was absorbent undergarments, basically diapers that astronauts would put on when they're doing long duration spacewalks. That sounds like very uncomfortable underwear. Unlike today's sponsor, Mack Weldon. <sighs> Still got it. So let's talk about Mack Weldon, shall we? Mack Weldon makes some of the most comfortable underwear that you will ever put on your body, and that's because they actually develop the fabric themselves. They create a few different kinds of fabric, actually. You've got your dry knit, your air knit, warm knit, and they even have one called the Silver Series. It's actually treated with silver, so it's antimicrobial, which means they remain odor-free. I've got several pairs of Mack Weldon boxer briefs, and I'm wearing some right now. You know how you can tell? Just that certain glow I have about me. And they didn't stop with underwear, they make shirts, shorts, pants, hoodies, jackets, hats, scarves, gloves, slippers. If you've got body parts, they've got something to put on it. The buying process is super easy online, they deliver fast, and they even offer a no questions asked refund if you don't like the first item you buy from them. And if you like their products, and you will, you'll want to buy more in the future, and they've got a new loyalty program called Weldon Blue to make that even easier and to save you money. When you sign up for Weldon Blue, you get free shipping for life. That's level one, but after you spend $200, you get to level two, which gives you 20% off every order for the next year. So if you want to give them a try and see for yourself, just go to macweldon.com slash Scott. And again, you get 20% off your first order. And if you don't like it for whatever reason, just return it and they'll refund your money. So you got nothing to lose. Anyway, links in the description, but one more time, it's macweldon.com slash Scott. Go check it out. I think you'll like it. Keep those tender bits tender. Thanks to Mac Weldon for supporting this video and a huge shout out to all the members and Patreon supporters who uh, help keep this channel afloat, help me build a team, forming an awesome community. There's some new YouTube members that I need to shout out. I'm actually kind of way behind on this, but let me murder some names. We got AD, Cindy Y, Dustin Viebert, Dingus Erectus, perfect. Uh, Deandra Shellon Binet, Atlas, Tamara Brady, Joseph Stokes, Shell Arne, Keith Kuhn, uh, Cat Juice, Michael Augustine, Naptown Sean Evans, Rallo Cameron, uh, Leonard Moostus, Corey Markin, uh, Daniel Jones, Frazian Wither, and KS. Some of those aren't even words, still nailed it. Uh, if you'd like to join them and get early access to videos, uh, access to exclusive live streams and whatnot, just hit the join now button down at the bottom and you will become a member. You actually get a little uh, button next to your names so that you stand out and you're, uh, you're, you're better than everybody else in the comments. So give it a whirl. Please like and share this video if you liked it. And if this is your first time here, Google thinks this one might be up your alley. So you might wanna check that out or any of the others that might have my face on them down the, the way here on the side or whatever, or whatever it shows you next. And if you enjoy it, and I hope you do, um, I do invite you to subscribe. Come back with videos every Monday. 
All right, that's it. You guys go out there, have an eye-opening rest of the week. Stay safe, and I'll see you next Monday. Love you guys. Take care.